0: Joseph, how are you? Hey, I'm good.
1: This was a different link.
0: I realized. Um, we. I noticed that. I realized I sent you the link for the one that I did with Karsten yeah. last week. That's my fault. I'm sorry.
1: No worries. Yeah, no problem. Yeah.
0: I was about to say good morning, but it's only morning for me.
1: Yeah, here's three o'clock.
0: <laughs> yeah. How was your day so far?
1: Good. I was working on the computer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now took a short rest uh, from it, ate some lunch. Yeah, and that was my day, basically.
0: I was um speaking with Matt Bernstein yesterday because I'm here in Colorado. Uh-huh. And uh, he had he had the best things to say about you. He he was jealous that we were speaking today. <laughs> That's very kind of him. <laughs> oh yeah, he was very. He wanted to hide in the background and watch the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I um, I had a chance to uh read some of your writings on the website. I really enjoy that you um put so much out there and and. You know, short, long form, just expressing some thoughts and ideas about a lot of different aspects. and uh, mm-hmm. I think you're saying a lot of things that I, I I've thought a lot about. and one of the big ones really is is kind of the idea of like um, the human generalist as opposed to just a movement generalist, uh-huh. And I think that that's a, a a topic I've thought a lot about. And it, it seems like it's something that you have thought a lot about and kind of what you work on with your students. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd love to kind of jump off there, because I think that that's a really interesting place, because I think that people get caught up with the idea of being a generalist, maybe just in a movement perspective, without the idea that potentially that's a bit of a specialization. Um, yes whereas like i said you kind of tackle the idea of being kind of a well-rounded human artistically emotionally uh physically cognitively and i and, and i'd love to hear your thoughts a little bit on that and maybe how you got to that mhm mhm mm-hmm. yeah so okay. i'm i'm curious yeah where where how did you arrive at that yeah. place through Okay yeah quite a quite a
1: big question yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> only, only because it's the it's the it's the thing that's sort of been at the front of my mind. And as I was reading a lot of your writings, it, it was either saying that directly or kind of indirectly, either talking about working with the hands, um, or or your approach to interacting with nature and the world, and, and the collaboration kind of between being a human in nature. i just say that was the the first thing that really stood out to me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a good question. How, whew, how did this happen? I don't know. It's, uh, things came together in my mind in this way that, uh, this makes sense for me. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. there, there are some, some, some things that definitely like in, uh, in my journey through, uh, life so far that have definitely, um, being important in, let's say, creating this idea. And one was my school education, because I was not in a, in a normal uh, German school, but in a Waldorf school. And that's a school where you do many different things and you do lots of things with the hands, lots of crafting things. You have also uh, dancing. You have much more music than in normal schools. Mm-hmm. So there's a much bigger emphasis on this stuff, and I think this laid a foundation um, for thinking in this direction what is a holistic approach to life or being human or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I think this was a diff- that was an important point to depart from for me where i also felt several times that when i observe people that let's say that yeah that didn't have this education as a child uh that they seem to miss very basic things like how to work with a screwdriver or something like this you know like Mm -hmm. that can be especially for 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 the ones that have grown up in big cities very far and foreign mm-hmm. and also yeah the, the things with like being outside in whatever in whatever sense like uh, if it is outside like in a garden and doing things like gardening or if it's outside in a more wild area um, there can be also something that is a bit foreign for especially people in, in bigger cities where people seem to be a bit more specialized in To their abilities, because there are people of every special uh, specialty around, so it's easy to get a person to do this, to get a person to do that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. okay, this has to be fixed, so I get someone. And when you are on a, uh, when you would live more remote, it would be probably something you would do more alone. Uh, And also in my Family, I think it's pretty common to fix things by yourself and to at least like try to to see what you can do. <laughs> yeah, which is also I think right. because I, I'm from a family uh, from Eastern Germany and in the times, in the socialist times, you it was like completely normal to do things by yourself and everyone was able to like, everyone was a handyman in that sense you know
0: right like, yeah well it's almost as if like um the, the the idea of being like human specialists is is more of like a new phenomenon right i mean in terms of like human existence i think like the the broader part of human history the distance between people and their understanding of how to interact with the world was not as far as it is now mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Right, like you and I used to share a lot more like common understanding and information because we were all asked to do a lot of the similar tasks. Yeah, and now, like you said, someone can be—they can only know about you know not just bread, but like they only know about a specific kind of bread, and and that's the only thing that they do, for instance.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. There, there. I think there are, maybe there are two things at work. Like one is the that we. We um, specialize uh, because in we have work environments where it makes sense to specialize, and then you just um, pay people to do the other things. That is, this is possible, mm-hmm. but then maybe there's also like a like social cultural thing happening that you uh, decide very much okay this is like i'm like this i'm doing these things and this is how i create an identity for myself in such a in a world with so many humans and uh, in on uh, we are living in bigger cities so many humans on uh on very little space and then maybe people, you know, they, they search for, okay, how can I connect also with the people and create like a tribe here? And then, okay, I say, I, uh, for example, through diet, like, okay, I'm a vegan or, yeah, or something like this, or I do CrossFit or, 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 or and through this, like, create like my connection with people and my, try.
0: Right. And we're, and, and we're kind of like rewarded for it, right? In this, and I think like Western cultures, I don't know much about it, other parts, but there's like a, you're almost like rewarded for choosing your identity, right? Like you're, you're, you're kind of asked early on to be like, well, who are you and what are you? And if you don't have a lot of answers for that, it's kind of like, well, you should figure it out um which does a little bit of a disservice sometimes i think in in terms of giving people the space to be a lot of things and, and wear a lot of different hats mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's yeah exactly it's a tricky thing like on one hand it's it is it can be yeah it's very important to yeah to find yourself and what you what is your contribution you know what is your contribution to to society. What is your place? What is your part? And then on the other hand, it can, mm, it, it can go very weird ways that you, yeah, you suddenly think, okay, this is how I am. And in that sense, you crystallize, you know, like you become very hard. And then things that are different You are not trying them anymore, Uh, yeah. Just because they don't feel like this is your identity, and this makes people like stop to learn new things, Mm -hmm. and maybe ultimately Mm -hmm. like is um, bringing them into um, let's say a more foggy mode, you know, where yeah, okay, this is how I am. And the brain is not so ready anymore to, to change, you know, to be mm-hmm. shaped by different yeah. new experiences.
0: Yeah, there's a certain rigidity that comes with that kind of labeling and, and specialization. And, and over time, it's like, it only becomes more rigid. hmm hmm Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And it sounds but, to me like, yeah. um,
0: sorry, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Uh, yeah, I wanted to say, yeah, I, you know, I'm always a bit careful with with, with uh, sounding too, too much in one direction. Like I can also see the, the, uh, the, the, the positive things about uh, specializing in a thing, in a craft, for example, like to say, okay, this is what I do. You know, mm-hmm. um, what I usually would argue for is to have to have like a, a wide base. To specialize from because mm. it makes sense for people to say okay yeah, i my thing is music or my thing is uh accounting or my thing is i don't know flying to the moon or, or whatever you know like uh, it, it makes sense mm-hmm. i just have the feeling that uh, there is like a like it goes a bit too quick the specialization mm-hmm. especially for young people that they that already school is, is somewhat specialized. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a lot of emphasis on on, on on the brain, for example. like there's not so much like physical things happening.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and also there is specialized on very analytical things and knowledge like, uh, like like mathematics or biology and so on and so forth and yeah uh, less about let's say things about like how to communicate, blah 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 blah. So, yeah, I just don't want to sound too specialized in my approach about- <laughs> Right, but, the, but I, 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 liked,
0: I, I, I liked your idea though of, of at least starting with a wide base rather than it always like jumping into a narrow base and just kind of going straight up the pole, like lay like the, I guess you whatever call it, the human or generalist foundation and then let it kind of build up from there. Mm -hmm. Um, because yeah, I think you're right. As someone who went through like a public Western school, you're, you're kind of thrown into like these, these layers of fragmentation and specialization very Mm -hmm. early on. As you said, like even the classes are specialized, like, oh, here's your English class. And that doesn't cross over with anything else. And here's your science class. And that doesn't cross over with anything else and mathematics and all these things. Whereas they all go together. And there's not enough of that kind of like intertwining of, of these elements because in, in life and in nature, it's all going to happen simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the beauty of like the arts and kind of the experience you were talking about going through is like, you know, you could be in a a music class and in some ways you're doing a lot of different things all at the same time. Mm-hmm. 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 So it's almost like in some ways it sounds like there's a little bit of like giving people at least the opportunity to to, to reconnect with their potential who might have come through a different kind of system.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm, that's, uh, yeah, I like that. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Because in the sense you think you know how, how you are or who you are. Mm-hmm. you know but you know better when you have more experiences about mm-hmm. things that you can do about things mm-hmm. that are possible in the world about like you know like just more connection then you it's much easier than actually to navigate yeah mm-hmm. like if I let's say let's say from early on you become drilled to you you are drilled to become a um Violinist, like to play the violin. Um, And then you think, okay, I'm a violin player, but you didn't experience the other things. So, okay, it's true, you are a violin player. It's very true because this is what you are are drilled for from from the start. But actually, maybe if you try other things, you also realize, ah, actually, but I'm not just a violin player, I'm also. Yeah, I'm also a carpenter and I'm also a cook and uh, I'm also a nice person and uh, <laughs> a good friend and, and whatever, you know? Like, uh, yeah. And right, on like top any- of this, I'm a very good violin player.
0: <laughs> right. Because it's, it's like whatever the, the, the way you're expressing yourself creatively, it's not just the technique that makes you who you are in that art it's everything that you're bringing with it from your life experience funneled into that artistic expression.
1: Yeah. That's a very, very big question.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, like
1: how much, and I think it's, can be different in arts. For example, if you are a writer, Mm -hmm. you need to have a lot of experiences. Like you cannot just, I mean, maybe you could, you know, if you have very, like your mind is like very, um, exuberant in a way like you know you just sit there in a room like for years mm-hmm. and you write very nice things but writing is definitely something where i i would say where it usually is very good for people to have lots of different experiences like mm-hmm. which can be in that sense hands-on experiences like to do the things but it could be also just to be a very good observer uh, and like, like walking around in the world of observing whereas if you are let's say a violin player and you just play pieces that other people created and you are not actually you're not creative in that sense Mm -hmm. uh, it's maybe less needed but maybe Mm -hmm. it's more needed again when you are a composer you know and you experience the different sounds of the world like blah 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 and so on for, it's definitely something to, to think about and to discuss, like, how much, how much, should, like, how much does a, someone that is specialized in a thing, whatever mm-hmm. it is, benefit, actually, in his specialization from generalist uh, experiences or from, yeah, from just having interdisciplinary or cross-disciplinary or blah, blah, blah experiences.
0: hmm yeah, I often no think so. Yeah, well, I, I just, I, I, I agree because I think that, I mean, I've, I forget where I read it, but it was kind of like the, the definition of information in mathematics is like the reduction of uncertainty. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like the more information you have, the better predictions you can make. And you never know like where information that you've ingested is going to become valuable. And it's very small moments an example might be Mm -hmm. like i i i got a block of wood and i carved a bowl a couple months ago out of it Mm -hmm. a nice like little wooden bowl and i was just thinking as we were speaking like well if you and i did that same exact task if we filmed each other doing it it would look like two totally different approaches because all the different information that's in our brains is kind of funneling into a moment of like addressing that task. And and the more variance and experience we have, the more efficient one of us might approach that task. You know, it could be everything from certain experiences emotionally as children, all the way up to experiences and maybe our parents let us eat with our hands so we have like better dexterity with our hands and all the way into like whatever philosophical approaches to, to different things. And it kind of funnels into that moment. So then, it you kind of expand it to maybe a hundred people chiseling a bowl, and you really start seeing the differences. And and really, it comes down to information feeds creativity. Mhm. 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 Yeah. And when, and when I think about what you're doing, it's like, yeah, it could be maybe labeled a lot of different things, but it, you know, if we're if I was picking a word, it's like, oh, it's it's creative education.
1: Yeah. 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 I need to think about it. Yeah. It sounds good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If it sounds good, run with it. (laughs) Because to me, creativity is really, it's really the thing I was, I was reading another piece and I think it was like a neuroscientist who was saying it. And I, I'm, I'm definitely going to butcher it a little bit, but that like people think of like what subjective happiness is. And Mm -hmm. it's very subjective, but I think that neuroscientists can actually look inside the brain and see kind of the things that are happening in different parts when what perceived joy is or happiness or satisfaction, whatever. And it's more closely aligned with the experience of creativity, of like going through the creative process that actually like brings subjective happiness To people's Uh minds not the things that they think will make them happy so joy is actually closely aligned with frustration and embarrassment because those are like the preludes to creativity and that process is really what what actually does it for people what gives them that feeling of purpose yeah that
1: that sounds very very interesting it sounds very very fascinating,
0: uh-huh. and and to me, when I think of that, it's the uh, you know if we're talking about the 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 human experience or, or the life experience, it's it, it it comes down to being a problem solver and being a creative. And when we remove those things, it's it, it it's a uh, um, it sounds to me like we're we're reducing the the potential of like feeling what it's like to be human or, or the potential of what we can we can experience as humans mm-hmm. yeah that, yeah yeah
1: yeah that's a very interesting point and i think what you mentioned about like like yeah, carving something or chiseling something is is something where this can be felt where you imagine um something in your mind you know that you want to create Mm -hmm. but it's not there yet and you imagine also the 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 path there what do you you know like what do you need to do like what what do you need to take off like in the in when it comes to wood what do you need Mm -hmm. to to take off and then in the end you have this piece that you created. And I think this is also like, for me, it's very, very enjoyable to create things. And I I always love when there are opportunities, you know, to, 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 to build something when I come, you know, I I, I look in the house and ah, here I hear like, there's something is missing here, you know, Like at the moment, I also have a a project in the cellar, like to build a shelf. And um, yeah, it's just very exciting to solve this problem of, okay, how do I I want it? How do I build? Because there are always so many possibilities. And then always something comes up, always. Like you build something, always like at some point is, ah, I didn't think about this. Yeah, I need to go again to the to the Home Depot, you know, because I was I I forgot to buy this piece. Oh, this didn't doesn't work in the way that I that I thought or and uh, now I would need a third hand I don't have. What do I do?
0: Mm-hmm. How do
1: I solve this with only two hands? It, yeah, I like it. It's very 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 enjoyable. And in that sense, I think it's very human because we are yeah, we are creators and or changers also. We change the whole world. Like, yeah, you look around, like we are both in, in a building, like created by humans. You look out of the window, like it's, it's, it's very shaped by mm-hmm. by us, obviously. Like, like the whole world is shaped by us. But in a sense, like many of us can, it can happen that we are not so much part of this in the physical world anymore. This especially also... Like this can be when you are just working digitally and you also create stuff digitally, you know, but it is something else to like see it and touch it and have it in your hands um, than creating code, which is also very, very creative. And it can also be very, very enjoyable to solve this, uh, this problem. And I also like to do some, sometimes some like when I build like work a bit on my website and I try to solve some some code riddles there Uh, but but in the end it's not the same like uh, things that you can touch and it can also be this would be for people that um, are like in the movement world and train a lot of things there which is where you move yourself around you know you move yourself and you change yourself also you change yourself through the things that you are doing like like in your whole being like not just that you i don't know your muscle grow or something like this but like you change completely but it's in that sense less that you change the environment now i would also say you are also changing the environment because you're part of the environment and you're changing yourself but but yeah there is something that is not so present which yeah i would like to propose for the people is also to integrate this into their life because there are many opportunities like in your own home yeah okay yeah there's something here missing i i'm so I now I can go to Ikea and buy it, you know, or I can make it myself. Like, and I always have to, I I can always choose.
0: Right. <laughs> right. Well, then that's the thing is like, it's like the, when you have the experiences right? I, I always use the information, but like, whatever, lots of exposure, you have the options. Then you're not just stuck going to Ikea. You can always take a different route. Um, the other thing I, you, you kind of tiptoed around a bit there that I think is a really valuable piece, and even if we were just to distill it down to simply just whatever movement practice and whatever people imagine as movement practice, is that uh, creativity is a transferable skill. I think sometimes people look at like problem solving in isolation or, or creativity in isolation. Whatever you could be doing, let's say floor work or something, and you're learning a new pattern and you're learning how to integrate on the floor and you're creating some things on your own that are from your own imagination through improvisation. And you're solving small problems in different ways throughout the entire session, for instance. And I think people sometimes get caught up with the idea that this creativity is limited to this practice in this space. And I believe that creativity transcends into the rest of your life. So you could be working creatively on one process or one system or one technique, but going through that creative process there can improve your creativity or or your approach to different creative problems outside of whatever that game is you are working on. And, I think people sometimes limit themselves because they're like, well, I'm not going to work on that creative process because it doesn't, I can't see how it directly connects to this potentially other creative process. I'm going to need to work on when I think that all problem solving overlaps with each other.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's an approach. No, it's an approach to, to how to do things like, yeah, that you yeah, it's, your, yeah, it's a very, yeah. I like it. I like it. What you say, like, it's very, very nice to uh, basically to become a person that is interacting creatively with the world and interacting creatively with or whatever comes up with or whatever with with whatever problem. Like like saying, okay, that's okay. Something is here. That's interesting. Let's see where it leads us. What what's yeah, what's happening what can we do and so on and so forth instead of saying ah no impossible or oh, that's not for me yeah mm-hmm. uh let's get someone to else to do this or something
0: mm-hmm. something like this yeah mm-hmm. how do you how do you use imagination as a tool either in your own practice or when you're working with students
1: So in a very, yeah, I can definitely answer in a very practical way that what I like to propose for people is also to, to exercise mental representations. Have you heard about this term, mental representations? No. It's a... Um, it's a term by, I think, yeah, I think it's coined by Anders Eriksson. He's um, a researcher that, I think he died this year, unfortunately. He has written a book called Peak. Mm-hmm. He is uh, quoted in in all sorts of books. You know, I've read so many books where he's quoted. Uh, he's the, you know, people talk about the 10,000 hour rule. Yes. That, that's that's based on Anders Eriksson's. Okay. Research, although he would say ten thousand hour rule, that's not what I meant. Like people misunderstood me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but but he coined this idea of mental representations, and a mental representation is basically, yeah, a representation in your mind of actions, yeah, of things like the like the violin player uh, has mental representations of how to how to move the fingers but also of how it sounds you know like a like a musician in general like he can a very good one can look at at uh, at the sheet and he can basically hear the music and this is also how composers were before they were computers you know uh, no because uh, how was like mozart composing an uh, an um for an orchestra, he didn't have an orchestra all the time, you know, and was like, okay, now play this, play this, how does it sound together? No, he was sitting there in his chamber and he was doing this and there, and then somebody went to the orchestra and said, okay, let's rehearse this and play it. But he was like imagining he could like in his mind have all these different instruments and put them together and know how it sounds. And this is why, because he had the mental representation of all of this. And the clearer the mental representation of something is in your mind, then the the better you can execute the action, you know, like top performers in whatever field have very good mental representations, like a chess player, for example, uh, like world-class chess players, they can all like all, I don't know, but (laughs) most of them, I guess, can play blind. They just, people tell you tell them you know like okay your uh, opponent has done b5 to c3 or yeah something like this and they they know because they they, they played so much chess they know all the configurations like they don't need to look yeah they can play chess blindly and and uh, an exercise that I would do that is in that sense about imagination is when yeah when we think about movement for example like to move in your mind you can sit down you can lie down just go through the movement in your mind and this is when you also uh it's like a test also for the mental representation if is this clear in your mind you know what is what is happening because often there's a blank like like black moment where you feel Oh, there's a frame missing, you know, in the in the video that I play in my head. Oh, there's a frame missing here. I don't know what, what, what happens. It's blank, like just white, nothing there. Um, and then the next step is that you can actually understand and practice motions also through the imagination. And this is what I, I did a lot, like just lying down. You know, and you go to a state, you go go a bit also out of the super awake state, like a bit towards sleepy state. Mm -hmm. And in this state, you go through the motions, let's say a coordinative pattern. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, that is, I don't understand, but okay. And you go through it, what is happening? And you try to make it clearer, like paint it more clear, more clear, more clear. And then when you're good with this stuff let's say you had the example also with yeah, like you mentioned floor movements like you you uh, practice floor movements and you created these mental representations and you have them and then you can create new connections in your mind and this is what i did for like uh, for a long time when i was teaching uh the, the floor sequences in the classes that when i went with the car to the class then i was creating sequences that i would then teach which i had, had didn't had done before you know i was just creating it in my mind and then doing it and if my mental representations were good then it was exactly the same i created something i never did before but I already practice in my mind and then I could show like, okay, we do this and it looks like you did it before. Yeah. Because it's, it's clear. It's just very clear in your mind. So that would be very practical application of your imagination actually.
0: Yeah. It makes me think of, um, I read a book on, on neuroplasticity and they were talking or the, the author was speaking about how for instance, like a skill or a, or something that imagining it from a neurological perspective can be as powerful as actually doing the task. Yes. Right. So like re- as you're talking about repeating it in your brain and like without actually physically doing it and then coming back to doing it physically, you've developed a lot of the same like neural pathways by just imagining it. Yeah. it's not just vision in your behind your eyelids it's not just yeah. seeing something you're actually like creating these connections in your brain through through that which i thought was really interesting and and kind of speaks to this um uh, practical application that you're talking about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's yeah it's very very powerful i think mm-hmm. i mean and it's happening to us also on the, in in with our emotions for example no like we imagine something and like there we have like emotional is responses to things that we just imagine that are not really happening. Mm-hmm. You know, like we can create anxiety through just like thinking about uh, bungee jumping, for example, you know. And I feel like, oh, 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 this oh, feels very like intense for me. I it was just like really imagining doing it. Yeah. Um, and or, for example, like there are also these studies that show you can even create like hypertrophy in the in the muscle. You can even grow the muscle through imagining that you are using the muscle in very, very intense way and so on and so forth. N- that, that's not as powerful as really like training, but there's still like, you can create a, a, a physical change.
0: Yeah, I, I I think I read something like that as well, where it was kind of, I forget what the, the task was. It was something small, but it was a strength training task and half the group did the actual strength training and the other half of the group imagined it and then the imaginary group didn't get as strong in the same amount of time but in just a couple short days or something we're already past the people who had just done it physically yeah, yeah. um yeah it speaks to the power of of imagination even just in that very practical way yeah <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's a a, a pretty incredible tool. I also think it's like a really incredible tool for for discovery and spontaneity and Mm -hmm. and surprise because I think that's something that's often kind of removed. I think people get caught up on 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 technique and see the things that they want to be able to to do. It could be positions or movements or shapes, but it's the, the the spontaneity that kind of has that moment where you. Really discover who you are in a moment, and and I think there are moments where imagination can be a tool to 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 be a vehicle for those kind of experiences.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, continue. I, I well, continue it, it, it,
0: well, like it reminds me a lot of being. So I went to school for theater, and we would do a lot of these kinds of games where it's like imagine you're yeah something, and you're in this space and. You know the technique has been ripped away, and your self consciousness starts to get ripped away if you really kind of get into it. And those are the moments where, you know, you surprise yourself with something um, because it was unplanned, it was an accident, whatever it was. But it's a tr- it's a very it's a moment of truth. It's like when you slip and fall. Whatever you do when you slip and fall, is your complete honesty in a moment. That is like, there's nothing contrived. You're slipping and falling and the way you're going to land and catch yourself or deal with it in the air is who you are for real in a moment. And I think that there are these ways of kind of manifesting that through, you know, imagine you're like, I'm, I'm doing some work with Tom Wexler right now online. And one of the kind of imaginary tasks is something like spend 10 minutes imagining using this as kind of the the jumping off point of being um, a skateboarder, surfer, football player. So you're on your feet and playing and stuff. And there are these moments where it's like, it's not contrived, it's not technique driven. It's a moment of of discovery of like, oh, this is me right now, you're right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And I don't know how to really, give it the rich language and maybe that's okay because not everything needs to be described in words. But the, the, the feeling of like those really spontaneous moments are are very special. And I think they are, we, in some ways people go the extra effort to try to remove randomness and spontaneity and uh-huh. and surprises yeah. from their lives. But like, that's magic. That's discovery. That's like realization. That's like, yeah, you know whatever call it some maybe like a moment of true self I don't know um but they're really magical things
1: mm-hmm. it, it reminds me of a of a concept by a german um sociologist ah, I struggled to translate it uh, let me um let me tr- let me let me use the internet for help mm-hmm. like you could say um. Unavailability in German would be Unverfügbarkeit. Like Verfügbarkeit, this means availability, mm-hmm. and Un is like an. It's the same, like unavailability. And what what he talks about is that in our um, society we are trying to make things very available. You know, like let's say yeah, like you order you order something online and you want it to to, to be there quickly, or you uh, you yeah, like you you can access all all the music. You know, on your phone, like directly you can access it, or you book a holiday where there's guaranteed that you will see your whales and <laughs> I don't know the, the pyramids or whatever, you know, like like blah 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 blah. So and he says, Yeah, but the true the the actual moment of uh resonance, he talks about resonance where you yeah, where you have the feeling there's a connection between me and what's happening here and it is, is there is also a reciprocity like we are connected and we are changing each other uh and he says we 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 are we are longing also a lot for this for this resonance that yeah justice this i i would also say like like feeling of being alive in that sense and he says this is happening uh Especially when in these magical moments, which are not always available, you know, but it's happening to you suddenly, like you you can go to the, mm, to the music hall and listen to the orchestra, but it might be that nothing is happening, you know? You go out and say, yeah, yeah, I listened and okay. Or it can happen that you are there and you feel like, ooh, like, like a transcendence like something was really what a moment like i felt very emotional and it was very touching and so on and so forth but this you cannot force like there's no way of like going okay i will go there this evening and i will be touched i will i will start to to know i will start to cry there and like it will all happen i i paid 100 euro for this yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not available in that in that sense. It's not available. It's just these magical moments that that are happening. And yeah, so he's saying like we are always trying to make things available, but it doesn't do it doesn't do the thing that we uh, that that we wanted to do. You know, like
0: it's just, right, yeah. right. Be- because like the the, the spontaneity has been removed from it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We can. Exactly, because it's in that sense spontaneous that these things come together, you know, like I I'm in a certain state and there's something happening outside and it 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 catches mm-hmm. and then it's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like okay, there's a rainbow. I see I oh, yeah, there's a rainbow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, then th- sometimes we have this moment, okay. There's a rainbow, I don't really care at the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or ah, there's a rainbow and
0: Oh right. <sighs> right. Because it hits you. You're like you're, you're unprepared mm-hmm. for it. Uh-huh. uh-huh. That's why I, uh-huh. you know, I I always kind of like I I keep finding that feeling of like the falling, you know, like no, obviously nobody wants to fall, but like that moment where like, mm-hmm. you know, you've had it where you slip and you're falling and then you catch yourself and you're like, woof, woof. I'm like, I'm alive right now. <sighs> Right. And that's, and that's what people want all the time, but they like, like you said, they'll, they'll, they'll pay the hundred dollars to try to go have the experience, but because they jumped to the front of the line or something like it's not quite, it doesn't do this catch the way that you're talking about it because it was a fake fall. It was a, it was like, they knew the mat was there and they were just, you know, fake slipping on the banana peel rather than being like, oh, like I wasn't ready for that. Mm
1: hmm. And I, I feel also like you can. I feel in one sense, you can be more open for this moments. With with a certain, you know, o- openness of being there. You know, be like, I, I do one thing that, uh, with music where we just sit down and we listen to a playlist of a few songs. uh, can be one hour, for example, of a few various songs. And the thing is, the instruction is to really just sit there. We are not doing anything else and we are just listening. We're really just listening. We are not doing anything else. And what many people say after, I would say, almost everyone says, after this, I never did this in my life. I never was sitting down, really not doing anything else. Really, like, not also not, like, trying to be there, not, like, going away with my thoughts and obviously not doing other things like, I don't know, washing dishes or something like this, you know? Just being there for listening. And this brings you in a state where it's... more possible it's more possible that things are happening yeah that there's a that there's a a a resonating that the resonance is happening or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. through being there being being ready being saying so basically saying i'm i'm ready for things Mm -hmm. that things are happening I don't close myself to it, but I open myself to it. I give myself, like I give
0: myself to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like making your <clears throat> making your senses available in a way that you potentially haven't worked with before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, depending mm-hmm. on what kind of culture you come from, you know, if you you know, depending on what part of the world you 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 you're in and how you've been raised, like certain senses are stronger and weaker than others, right? Like people who maybe come from more of like a <clears throat> like a more oral culture. Maybe they're people who share a lot of stories. It's not a lot of like reading and, and writing. You know, their, their auditory system is much stronger, right? Um, and then in maybe some other places, maybe they're hunters or something and their, their sense of sight is a little bit stronger. But asking people to just be quiet for a moment and kind of be with their senses is a is an interesting experience, and music is a is a a great way to, I think, mm-hmm. manifest that. But I think that yeah, kind of asking people to experience their senses in different ways, because everybody's going to come at it from a different place, depending on where their starting point is. Hmm. 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 Yeah. 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 This the the, and I guess that kind of leads me to almost. I'm curious what your your I don't know, maybe your relationship with technology or your thoughts on relationship to technology, because oftentimes technology is is something that assists or reduces or replaces a physical sense, right? Like a shoe ultimately is like an extension of the foot and is like, you know, taking the place of whatever sensory information I'd be getting from my foot. Um, so maybe, you know, like a computer, or a, a phone, they start to replace a lot of different things, whether it could be my voice or parts of like my my brain or, or extensions of my ears or, or whatever this thing is. And they're valuable because we're using it right now and we get mm-hmm. to interact mm-hmm. in this way. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. this is an extension of our voice yes. and our ears. But yeah. at the same time, it sounds it, it feels like it can be a, um, a a reduction of our sensory experiences with the world.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it is complicated. It's a complicated relationship. Like you could say, you could say we are homo technologicus, technologicus. You know, we are the the. Um, yeah the technical human like because technology has been always there in our history you know the first technology like like stones hitting stones making something making something from it like realizing okay i can i can take things apart and it becomes a new and from there always taking the next step or like throwing is, is also a starting point of technology where you realize i can change something i can without touching it like it's through my voice but also through throwing a stone and killing a bird or something like this you know and through there i realize okay aha, huh with a stone works okay but maybe there are other ways yeah. Aha, uh-huh. then a few thousand years later, I come up with a bow. A few thousand years later, I come up with a gun. Mm-hmm. And then with a drone and mm-hmm. so on and so forth, which is a history of making, of creating more and more distance between you and the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with, if you hit something with a stone, you have to be relatively close. You still see like, okay, what have I done? Thousands of years later, you sit thousands of kilometers away and you can end the life of a person Mm -hmm. through technological devices and there's no, the the connection is so far. Still, people can feel it, still there is things happening in in, in these pilots, but it, it is a history of creating more and more distance. On the other hand, what you already said, how, how magical that you are you are on a different continent than me at the moment. It's a complete different time where you are, and we are talking with each other. Yeah, we are talking with each other, and it's a different time where you are. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, what's happening, you know? Like, it's some magic. It's magic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's in that sense it's a complicated relationship because everything we 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 do like it gives us something. It also takes. Like you said, okay, we wear shoes. We don't feel the ground anymore. Yeah. Or okay, in the winter I pack myself very very like lots of clothes, but it makes me also maybe more weak mm-hmm. because there's less cold adaption. Yeah, like the same with heating, and so on and so forth. Ultimately, it's a success story, obviously. No, like the technology, like mm-hmm. okay, now there are much more people living on Earth that can live. Really, like through technology, we we realize how to, uh, yeah, how to grow food more productively, more efficiently, and so on and so forth. But it's uh, it's always like there's always this thing. Right? Yeah, okay, but how was it like before? You know, in hunter-gatherer societies, like 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 this uh, ideas, but was like hunter didn't need to brush their teeth or stuff like this, you know? Because, okay, like the food was, was uh, different. Now, today we have the cars. Okay, nice. Yeah, I can go like, very far uh, or with an airplane, but I just uh, don't walk so much anymore. And ultimately this can create diseases. Like now we have all these other diseases. Uh, which are very different from what people had like thousands of years ago yeah Mm -hmm. Mm, blah 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 blah. so it's it's uh, there I think there should be always a reflection of how to use things and I'm using definitely technology a lot like for my work I work online and uh, yeah I have a computer and a phone and right. <laughs> you know all this stuff, and I'm I'm spending a lot of time on it because I'm also like like on my computer here because I, I'm communicating here with people, yeah. And um, it, it, that's great. That's the, the, that's very very great. And there are also things that are not so great, which is important to reflect on. Like for, yeah, like an example. Of what what I. Because I like to do experiments with these things, you know, like one thing I have done was, for example, like not using electrical light anymore. Mm. Yeah. Okay. How is it to not use electrical light, but you you eat candles, you can use candles and you can use uh, petroleum lamps and so on and so forth. Changes your evening. Mm -hmm. Changes your evening. Different feeling. Yeah. different, like, calming down in the evening. Different sleep. Wonderful. Like very, very wonderful experience. Not necessarily something now you have to do your whole life, but it's a knowledge, you know, it's a knowledge. How is this? How is it to do it differently? Or I did one year without uh, GPS. Mm. Yeah. And obviously I learned much better to navigate by myself in Berlin. And I realized also the same thing about the mental representations. You know, I was thinking, okay, I need to go there. And then I was sitting down, coming up with a map in my mind. I also had a map in my car, like old school map, but I Mm. was, you know, like, can I try, uh, can I, can I imagine by myself, like, can I figure out, it's a path that I don't usually go, but can I figure out how to go there, what is the the way that I want to go there, okay, there are these three, da, 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 I can go like this, stuff. yeah, or uh, going to a different country, like, I remember I went to Belgium with the car, so I was, I was writing the directions down, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, and I said uh, at home, I use Google Maps. I looked at the thing, but then in the car, I didn't use any GPS. I just wrote down the directions for me on a piece of paper and just followed the directions. And obviously, you have to be much more aware. You have to read the signs again, you know, mm-hmm. because we are not reading the signs anymore. <laughs> there are signs anywhere that lead you to from from Berlin to Brussels, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, we, we don't know anymore how to how to read them, and there are like this. This studies that show, like, um, yeah, when you when you are a taxi driver in London and you don't use the GPS, but you have all this knowledge, like this test that they have to do, their hippocampus is like like very like strong, you know, like very developed. And then when they stop to work as taxi driver, then it weakens again. Mm-hmm. And technology is all often externalizing of of things, like yeah, externalizing of our brain or mm-hmm. of other means. It can be also of our strength. Okay, Mm -hmm. like I use a crane to lift this up. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, And this, of course, means, okay, if I take it away, it's always use it or lose it. Mm -hmm. Okay, you don't use my brain anymore for direction. So this ability, I will definitely uh, will become weaker. Okay, I use a crane to lift the the sandbags. Okay, then, yeah, I won't have this stimulus Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth
0: when i was right before we got on the call i was sitting here drinking some coffee and i was reading this book um you know sam harris's mm-hmm. he recently published a book and i've never listened to his podcast but um i i've read a few of his other books and this book is uh kind of like a collection of some of his podcast interviews uh-huh. and i forget the name of the guy who he was speaking with in this interview, but. He was actually speaking exactly to exactly what you were just talking about, about us not using maps anymore. And on the surface, it seems like, well, we just don't use maps anymore. So our brain doesn't need to work that way. But it transcends just the, the geography or whatever, the our ability to understand direction and all these things, because that... Skill or that knowledge plays a part in potentially other things that we do cognitively that we're now reducing by not having these experiences or not forcing ourselves to work through these problems. And I think I stopped reading right before it explained some of those things, but it's like, you know, I think it could be like linguistically or any of these things. Like a lot of these parts of our brain are connected to a lot of other actions that are happening. Uh-huh. So it's like if we reduce one it's not maybe just that one thing that like some other things that we would potentially have a better understanding of or work through with a little bit more efficiency potentially get reduced when we think it's only, well, I don't need maps anymore. And it's like, well, maybe I don't, I don't see the world in certain ways anymore. I don't communicate in the same way anymore. Like, you know, there's like all these like psychological and like social ramifications that aren't just limited to that one thing.
1: Yes. It's very good point. It's very good point that we actually don't know what's happening. You know, we, Mm -hmm. we implement a new thing. Mm -hmm. We we don't know what it does. We don't know. And later we find out things, you know, and it can be, it can be something like very, very practical in a sense, like, you know, like a new material, let's say asbestos, Mm -hmm. you know, like uh, later, 20 years, 30 years later, we find out, Oh, you get cancer from this. Yeah. And right. we thought it's very great material. Uh, this th- this may be more obvious, but yeah, it's a mystery. Like <laughs> the whole world is a is a mystery. We don't know what, what, what's happening. There's so many things happening at the same time with so many things, and ah, and, right. and <laughs> things are just happening. We don't know what it does. We don't know. We don't know. I, you know, it's like we don't even we don't know if the radiation from the phone. Does something or not? We are not hundred percent sure. We say, many uh, the, the, currently many studies show it's okay, mm-hmm. nothing is happening. But still, we 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 have the like um, I think what's called S, SAR value or something like this. We say, okay, this phone is is uh, has this much radiation and and it shouldn't have more than this. Yeah, we uh, we we don't know. Like there's all this new stuff. Uh,
0: yeah, right. It's a mystery. <laughs> so it's 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 almost like you know, creating some sort of balance between like technological sensory experiences and genuine sensory experiences to be like okay, well now I at least know where these where what each one kind of feels like rather than being like well I, you know, I'm giving up all of my my senses to technology. You know, like I yeah. it, 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 or you know, I'm ignoring technology and only going in this other direction. You're like, well, that's interesting. And that's a thing, but it's like <clears throat> the world we are in is a we collaborate with technology. So it's like, oh, there should be a little bit of like touchy feeling in both directions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's good to
1: realize what is driving our actions, you know, and mm-hmm. because often our actions are, okay, this is the easy way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use the GPS, it's the easy way. Mm-hmm. and then to realize ah, okay but the easy way also has its own problems this is what ev- like everyone that is training should know this because training is ex- exactly about not going the easy way mm-hmm. because this is creating a training effect that mm-hmm. you challenge yourself mm-hmm. and it's the same with our day-to-day interactions where we can choose to uh yeah to to, okay, now I'm yeah not using the GPS or 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 or, or, or I go out without a jacket because mm-hmm. uh, of the cold adaption or I walk instead of using the public transport now or, or, or whatever. So this is an important thing. And also to realize it's not about uh, just what we are doing but how we're doing it. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. different when I write a l- someone a letter on paper, then uh, SMS, On the phone it's different it's two different things i I can it can be the same it can mean that i write the same but the how makes the things different and i i feel that for many people this is relatively far because i often get asked why are you doing it why are you doing this like you can there's an easier way Mm -hmm. of doing it yeah but i don't care about the easy way Mm -hmm. now it's this is this is now, today, in this moment, the way that I want to do it, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, I choose this way. It's not, it's because I want to have now this
0: experience. Mm -hmm. And that's, and and that's okay, because at the end of the day, we're all playing games. And we all get the opportunity to create a lot of, we get to create the rules for how we want to play games. and, And games are just, opportunities to research and get new information mm-hmm. um i went through a similar experience because <clears throat> i don't know if you've seen this video i think i saw on your website that you had uh gotten a study a little bit with fighting monkey um but they at one of their intensives they took a block of wood and with just a hatchet carved it into a sphere mm-hmm. and i did it a few months ago someone gave me a block of wood i got a hatchet i went out into the lawn and did this thing. And I did it over the course of eight hours, one day. Um, It was hellacious and amazing and beautiful and and one of my favorite experiences. But when I was setting up for it, people asked a lot of the same questions. Well, why are you doing it with just a hatchet? Why are you not going to set up on a table? Why are you going to do it on the ground? Why aren't you going to use some sort of um, braces to hold it down for you and all these things? And I said... I don't know. That's just not the way I want to play the game. Like, you know, we're, we all have different constraints that we create on different things, you know, and working with three tools instead of one tool is just a constraint that someone else invented or putting it on a table rather than on the floor is just another constraint that someone else created and being okay with saying, well, this is just the experience I want to have. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly, and and we live in this time where we have to choose because we have so many possibilities, and often the the um, the default option is to go for like for the most easy, like you know, like okay, I want to make this ball, I get some electrical tools you know, to just go, okay, it goes much quicker and easier and so on and so forth. Or, okay, I need to go to the supermarket, I take the car. It's the easiest option, yeah? But we, so we need to use our ability to choose because our default option is often either it's easy or it is what we're always doing. You know okay I yeah I always do it like this I always go this path like to the to the bus station I always go this road but there are three others you can also go
0: Yeah. Do you, this makes me think of the piece that you wrote <clears throat> um I think you called it low sugar training Mhm. I think you're you're to me this is this is a little bit of that idea. Um the idea of like the the eating the candy, the high sugar is like kind of what keeps you like, you're getting like that, like instant gratification, but it goes away very quickly as opposed to like the the low sugar training where it's like, no, it's like a longer burn, yeah. right? And maybe it takes a little longer to get to that satisfaction. And maybe the satisfaction isn't even at the end. Maybe it's actually in the middle as you're doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, this this is, uh, in a sense, is also the like one-on-one of training that you have to. That you cannot run for what is most sweet, but what makes sense. Mm-hmm. What makes sense to do. Uh, and this is not uh, eating the sweet stuff. It's like you know, like in nutrition, it is like this. Like, mm-hmm. if I go to the supermarket and just. Buy what is most sweet. It will be terrible. Yeah, it mm-hmm. will be terrible for for my health, for my energy. Like, just terrible. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I need to make my choices and realize. Yeah, okay. Ancient parts of my brain pull me in this direction. I know better. Good. I act accordingly. Yeah, and it's the same with 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 your actions and one. Uh, yeah, one example of it is like if you have a to do list, like to go through it and see what makes sense to do now, not what is the easiest thing to do now, because often this is how we act like, what is it? Yeah, what is it? Ah, this is quick, this, ah, and there's no problem. Like, I know that I can do this, it's quick, just takes a few seconds, yeah. And you and then you always like walk around this, this bigger thing that is more difficult, there's a bit of pain and so on and so forth. Although it may, would make sense to do that now. This is actually the important stuff. Okay, let's do that. Yeah, because it's not about being in a sugar high every moment of your life, you
0: know? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it makes, I, I often use this example. So you're not the first person I've said this to. I've said it a lot, but I always use the example of like, what happens on Mount Everest right now, where like people pay whatever, $50,000 and like a Sherpa carries all their stuff and they're like 70 years old, they've never gone on a hike before and someone basically carries them to the top of Everest. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's their candy, even though they think they did a hard thing. It's like, no, 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 you paid to get to the front of the line, you got your candy and then you're gonna get to the bottom and you're gonna be ready for some like new candy. Whereas like, if you and I decided like, you know what, we want to climb Everest. What does that actually mean? Well, we're going to have to go learn how to speak Nepalese. We're going to have to learn how to be mountaineers, which means probably doing some hikes and rock climbing and ice climbing and all the different things that we need to educate ourselves on. We probably need to understand maps and geography so that we can route ourselves up there. Um, We probably need to become proficient with Skiing and all the whatever all the things are understanding of elevation how to like prep and all the stuff Maybe it's a 10-year journey Right and then then we get to the top if that's not candy anymore, right? That's like That's you and you and I eating like um a rib roast Mm -hmm. Right because we like We found the recipe we cooked it we put it in the oven and we pulled it out We put butter on it. We did the whole thing and we get to the top and that's a meal yeah. that we cooked over 10 years, as opposed to, as you talk about, well, let me just get to the pot, get, get to the front of it and give me my Tootsie roll. And then I'm ready for another Tootsie roll.
1: Yeah, it is also this availability again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this like, okay, Mount Everest, now it's available. And now so many people, want to do it but the magic it, it destroys the magic of it like if you see the picture of like this long line on of people of people on mount Everest standing there it's like okay come on there's n- yeah that's finished yeah mm-hmm. well i you don't uh, why would anyone go there? There's obviously is ah you mm-hmm. destroyed it guys like you made it too available it's just too available and now uh the the you you take the the magic out. Yeah, because when you, like you just said, when you have this long thing and it's this blah, blah, like 10 years approach and then you go and okay, wow, well, yeah, we worked to this point, now we're here. Good. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And another thing I would ask, you know, about, about this is what what, why are, why is this even a thing to go to Mount Everest? uh because this is something I uh, this became a big topic for me in the last whatever time um it is this approach you know there's a book te- thousand one thousand places to see before you die mm-hmm. or something like this but it's like why why am I so no I can I don't need to see any place before I die what? What I would would propose to do before you die is to contribute to the people and the environment and whatever is around you, Mm -hmm. yeah? And it's not about seeing 1,000 places before you die. This is this, you know, this uh, you only live once approach. I live only once, and I need to have, like, all sorts of experiences Mm -hmm. while doing it. But could it mean also, okay, you only live once, so, I want to contribute to this world where I just happen to appear for this moment, and yeah, for for, for whatever whatever um, you believe doesn't matter so much. But in this in this physical shape, mm-hmm. yeah, I just appear for this mm-hmm. for this moment and uh that's a good time to to contribute and the contribution was the guys the first guys that went to mount everest right you know they because oh, ah okay good it's interesting yeah they they were they were the first ones but now it's just about yourself it's like i went to mount everest mm-hmm. it's like yeah another person went to Mount Everest and so on. But first
0: man on the moon is like,
1: Mm -hmm. uh aha, what a
0: contribution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. It's like an expression of human potential as opposed to just, um, I don't know, like a, a selfish act. Exactly. I personally
1: wouldn't still like value it too high. Let's say, you know, if there is no, if it, you know, if it's just, let's say, you run one hundred meters quicker than the last person. Now you are the quickest person on the planet. Mm-hmm. It's in a it's a contribution because now you now you show the potential of human beings. But I would also ask how important is this contribution as as well? We can do it because we have so many people and we have so much energy. Like mm-hmm. why not? It's good, yeah. But I don't know someone that is that is. Uh, um maybe an example is like Alexander von Humboldt have you heard about Humboldt does no Uh, because I think in the in the U.S. there's also some
0: Mm -hmm.
1: some places named after him it's a it's a German um uh yeah scientist or this discover discoverist Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that went to uh South America in the 19th century 19th century I think 19th 17th, 18th. Oh. And so he had a big adventure in South America, but he came home with all this new knowledge, you know, like with, with, with uh, he he found out a lot about um about the weather, about about languages, blah 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 blah. He was like this universal, like polyglot, you know, like
0: mm-hmm.
1: universal knowledge.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this I would I personally I would rank a bit higher. And say, yeah, nice contribution. He had a big adventure. Adventure that was uh, also a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like 200 years ago in uh, South America in the in the jungle. And as someone from Germany, it's definitely not fun so much. Carrying like things like super heavy equipment. You know, like <laughs> to do some measurements on top of the highest mountain and something like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah so mm. I, I would ask you know I would like like to okay l- let's reflect like why do you want to why do I want to go on Mount Everest like mm-hmm. what, what's it
0: right yeah again it, it, I, I keep kind of hearing you talk and I, it keeps making me think of this like existing in a selfless way versus a selfish way mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know the nature of I think the worlds we exist in <laughs> Are, are are quite selfish and have grown quite selfish. It's always like, oh, like I want the best experience. I wanna feel this thing. I wanna to go to the top of Everest, um, which perpetuates this this bigger issue to me of of denying like the interconnectedness of all of us. And it's, you know, I think a lot of the problems that we find ourselves in either locally or globally, Are often connected to that yes you know so it's like you know i think you're you're saying something very interesting like asking yourself like what is this contribution your or or consciously even saying is this a selfless act or is this a selfish act Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. maybe it doesn't change which route you take but even just like having the moment of being like oh well what is this because um, that's what it sounds like you're you're, you're saying a little bit, but yes. I, you know the more we get closer to at least asking ourselves those things, maybe perhaps it's a, a route to to being a little bit more respectful of the interconnectedness and not just of people but of us and nature. We are nature, the whole thing um, when when we ask ourselves that question a little bit. Yeah yeah exactly. yes. <laughs> because, <laughs> nothing to add yeah 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 um because i do think i think it's the thing i think that like if even if we look at like the world with the, the issues we're dealing with now you know with like the, the coronavirus and things you know so much of it is is grounded in that like hyper individualized approach to things other than it being like hey like we are here together you know and 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 understanding what that means and even when i read some of your 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 writing and and you know the The practice of of movement or 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 well, the practice of creativity, as we're now labeling it. Uh, <laughs> um, I see in your approach is not just some sort of individualized, like, oh, like each person is practicing alone. there's a there's the expression of like the inner, you know, the group and understanding what it means to work in a group and share information. And you know, there are values beyond just like hearing how one person thinks versus another or, or, or just general cooperation. It, 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 has the potential to transcend into how you, uh, interact with the world.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And, and in that sense, I see my, my work also as, as, um, Yeah, and that's something that I want to propose, but that I always want to discuss also in the end, you know, there were Mm -hmm. always myself want to discuss, I discuss it with myself, but also with with people, and I feel I I get more and more um, uh, in a sense yeah, kind of invulnerable in that sense like it it doesn't matter for me less and less if something from what i do uh um, suddenly it doesn't make sense anymore let's say mm-hmm. you know it's like ah oh, we had this conversation and i realized the way we framed it this mm-hmm. part okay out of this or let's change it you know that I don't I don't cling to anything that I in this that I propose I try to make sense that it makes sense is very very important for me and if at some point it comes out that something doesn't make sense and there's this realization oh okay good yeah I don't want to like cling and you know and say ah, this is the thing and I need
0: to do it. Right. It's really important. Right. You keep rationalizing and like reframing to try to make things continue to fit into the box that it's not that, that that's not there anymore.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just, just, to, just, just to keep your uh, position alive or to, you know, to, to, to uh, yeah, uh, to, ah. Uh, uh, it's difficult to, to say to, 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 uh, how to say it, but for me, it's very important that it stays very honest and open and people realize it's, something, uh, it's a
0: proposition and then do with it whatever you want. Well, and that change is inevitable and change is exciting and change is thrilling and change mm. happens in every way and how we look, how we feel, the leaves change. And as you're saying, like ideas, philosophies, approaches should change as well. And people should be excited and thrilled about that. And not so like, well, I said it this one way and because I said it this way two years ago, I can never break from that. And it's like, well, no, like, we're constantly receiving new things and learning new things and like i'm i would be potentially now after thinking about it more concerned connect speaking with somebody who has never changed who's like oh yeah well those are the ideas i came up with 10 years ago and they're still exactly that way and you're like well a lot's happened in 10 years
1: yeah 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 exactly yeah it's like but uh, half a year ago, Dr. Fauci said this and this, and now he's saying this. Yeah, I don't believe this guy anymore because he changed his opinion. It's like, yeah, it's pretty nice that someone can publicly change his opinion, huh? Like, it's, yeah, it's good, it's good uh, thing to right. to do. I would more concern with the people that say like, no, I don't, I didn't do a mistake. I say the same thing. There's new information, but I still believe the same things.
0: Mm-hmm. And you and you wrote it. Re- you wrote one thing really nicely, and it's something that I really appreciate i think you wrote a a piece called um i don't know Mm -hmm. and i really love that i'd love for you to talk about it a little bit but i think it's it's the thing that you're saying right now it's the 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 willingness to have humility yeah
1: it takes it takes courage it's super funny to say to that it takes courage to say i don't know like also in my position you know man People come for me to learn, and they 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 ask like all sorts of stuff, and it's like yeah, I don't know that. Like I, I don't know, or I or often it's I'm not sure. You know, let's like, yeah, this and this. Uh, I don't know. Like try like, and I feel I'm in this situation very often that I don't know. Actually, I feel all the time in this situation that I don't fully know. I say I. They, for me, this makes sense. Like I do it in this way and I, I know other people doing do it like this. So try that and and so on and so forth. Or I, I experience that people like when they do this, there's risk of injury. This from my experience, blah, 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 blah. Or I often say, okay, um, uh, you just realized that I showed this like this and you do it like this and so on and so forth. But in, in, we like to, to like if we are in front of other people to pretend we know like everything, let's say, but also for ourselves, we like to have opinions. Yeah. To that's like, boom, I have an opinion. Okay. This is like this. This is, ah, I don't like this. Ah, I like this. Ah, Yeah. Who talks about this also is, um, Jiddu Krishnamurti. (laughs) Have you heard about? Krishnamurti? Yeah. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, Indian philosopher. Uh, he says that, he this nice quote. I, I love it. Uh, the uh, the, bi- the greatest intelligence, or something like this, is to observe without judging. I think it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is also like, uh, which also what people would say is what mindfulness is about: to be able to observe without judging. To uh, just I I see I things are happening. Blah 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 blah. blah. I don't need to have an opinion about everything and especially at this time you know everyone has an opinion currently now everyone has an opinion about the the the, what's the right thing to act like with the virus okay well how we should do this we should do this we should do this it's nice to say I don't have an opinion about it you know Mm -hmm. who am I it's not my thing to have an opinion about I am doing things this is and I'm doing this and my thing is not to know how to act when a new virus is there mm-hmm. i don't know what right. to do so right. i don't have an opinion about it yeah uh, let's not talk about it now right. let's continue with something with something else and on other things i have an opinion because i feel i can have an opinion yeah i feel when you ask me uh, uh, how, how can I, how can I learn to, how can I become stronger, muscularly? I I have an opinion about this. Yeah. I can tell you, good. This is a way here. I propose you can do this, follow it. I'm pretty sure something good will happen if you do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's a practice and courage to say, I don't know. I don't have an opinion about it. So, I cannot answer this. And, and
0: and even and even there when you said that you have an opinion even that was not with certainty in any specific direction. Uh-huh. I still like that it was that it still carried the boldness of like well this is just a prediction. It's still yeah. not, you know, that it's the, the humility of being like hey based on my education and my understanding there are some things that will happen here. Not like Here's exactly what's going to happen. Get ready. Here it comes. You know, it's still like, yeah, like this is the more information I have, the better predictions I can make. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because yeah, uh, oh, oh, yeah. And and you talked about being like an observer um, and being okay, just being an a, an observer once in a while. And people often talk about like being like a child, right? And that we should be learning more from children. And that's all there. No, no child. Like no one or two year old is giving their opinion on anything they are like consummate observers
1: Yeah, I, I I'm thinking if this is true, I'm thinking about my my son. If he's my son is three and he has a lot of opinions. I like he always says, No, I don't like this. I want to eat this, blah blah, blah. You know he sometimes feels very
0: opinionated. But uh, I, I I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But he's not sitting around saying you shouldn't eat broccoli because he's just like I don't like broccoli. Yeah,
1: and when he does it, when he does it, it's a copy. It's a yeah. copy from the from the grownups. You know, he says, yeah. "Don't do this," and and we are like, "Oh, he says the <laughs> same thing like we do." Yeah, you. It's this mirror, this small mirror that mm-hmm. you have, and that shows you how, what an idiot
0: you are. <laughs> right,
1: because because they're great observers. Yeah. Yeah. And then they test, they test, how is it to say this? How is it to say, no, this is, no, you are like to another child. No, you're not allowed to do this. Yeah. they test, ah, how does it feel when I say that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it kind of comes back to the thing what I am saying about like, you know, the, the beauty of like surprise and spontaneity is like, especially young children, like, you know, one, two years old before they like develop like their, whatever that it is, like their default mode network or whatever, they're, they're constantly surprised. It's one surprise. Every moment's a surprise yeah. and like a, a realization and like a mind blowing thing that's happening. Yeah. And, you know, I think people, especially in movement are like, Oh, I watch children to see how they move and try to like grab onto the pieces of the way that they, they move through the world. And that's not, not interesting. It is interesting, but that mindset that like, everything is like, like, oh, that's, that's amazing. That's a, that's what a surprise. What a, like a new random thing that's happening one after another, because, you know, they're not dwelling or ruminating. They're like right there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. 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 it yeah, reminds me of something that I never published because I always felt it was a bit too spacey in a way that is about, um, that listening to the sounds or also making like just normal sounds, you know, like like it can be the, the, uh, something like this or yeah, this, this sounds and just to, to hear them, like you listen to music and to, uh, to realize there is music happening all the time to go into this other mode with, Sound, I, I, I talk about, about sound. It's more it's my favorite, like you said, like in different cultures, it's my favorite sense, you know. I, I like to work with, with with my ears. This is a bit also from my family. Uh, this is my very present there. And to yeah, to you know, you're outside, you hear this the, the, the wind through the leaves and stuff like this. So even can be even something that is usually disregarded as noise, like annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like the cars driving, but just to like, there's an orchestra playing it all the time. Before I had kids and I had more time, I had my, my, I had times where I was just sitting in my apartment and it's a lot of wood. It's a lot of wood and just sit. And at some point, it's like, again, this unavailability, it cr- like there's a crack, you know, that is the, is the, the, um, uh, the floor. Sometimes the floor just makes this crack sound brrk, somewhere and it it just happens sometimes at some point you know and I I, I I was just sitting there and just waiting for it to happen it was so intense for me and magically and it happens also when you're not listening you just again you don't realize you don't there's no not the, the wonder about it the, yeah so music is playing all the time like now for example this this uh, radiator here there's a bit of uh, air inside you know and then it you hear the water it is like a bit like a it sounds like rain a bit it's very nice i like it i like the, the radiator is, is making this this sound it's very enjoyable
0: mm-hmm. right and, and it it doesn't always and again that's the that's the the, the childish thing where it's like because they can't differentiate at like one or two years old between like putting a CD in and music coming on, not that anybody uses CDs anymore anyway, but you get the (laughs) example, that to, like you say, like all the other noises of the world, both are equally amazing Uh and have the potential to be. And being able to kind of be with yourself in that way and kind of, it, it, it speaks to a little bit of that, that practice you were talking about of sitting and listening to music for an hour, um, makes you available to both. If you can kind of let go of everything needing to be organized and contrived. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, because there is an, and there is there, an observation also there that I I had with my children is when I'm in the, let's say we're in the forest. They will, they will notice a man-made thing there and find it very interesting, you know? You're in the first and they notice, ah, there's a shoe here that someone lost and they go to it, boom, ah, there's a shoe. So the, the, the artifacts, the things that are from humans, it, it seems they're in our awareness more poof, more in, you know? Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it sounds or things, but they're like, there's a, there's a, there's a shoe like in the middle of the forest. yeah And this can be a bit of can, can become a bit off balance that we are always like going towards the artifacts, the man-made things like in, in whatever, yeah in, in touching in sound in, in actions and in blah 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 blah
0: blah. I'm curious um, as somebody who has children, And as somebody who had a different kind of experience, I think, than a lot of other people growing up in Western cultures, going through school, as you said, like you were in like, sounds like a little bit more of like a creative arts based type schooling. And as somebody who's a teacher, do you have thoughts on how education can evolve, how education can change? maybe it also speaks a little bit to how you approach teaching with your children and also how you teach your students. Um, only because I've thought about this in some ways, and I'm, I think that you have, a, a you know, at least from different experiences, some, some potentially different observations as to how we could approach these things.
1: Yeah, it's a, uh... Difficult topic. Like I, I it, it's very important for me, and also because now, yeah, my my son is three, my daughter is uh, a bit less than a year. So in three years of like three four years, he, my son will go to school, and then it's a big decision: to which school will he go? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm unsure. Like because I think there's not one way for everyone, but it seems. It's some for some this way works better, and for some this way works better, and for some this way works better. Blah 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 blah. I'm I'm personally a big fan of approaches where the where the inner interest that I think that every human has before it gets destroyed by things. Mm-hmm. This inner interest that it gets nourished. And that you can use it. And you know, I I like I, yeah, I said I was yeah, on a school that had this this special subjects for nowadays special subjects, but I still like struggled a lot in, in school because there were also like it was also I had to go there every day, I had to like do this and this and this and this. So it was not in that sense like a free learner a democratic school. I still had my it was still clear what I had to do which made me also like with this crafts things sometimes not appreciate them as much as i do now you know later i appreciated them much more than in the moment like some (laughs) things i really like also like neglected to do like you know i sabotaged a bit like i was definitely very very much not easy for my uh for my teachers so there's for me is definitely a topic like what can be Yeah, what? How to approach it? And I find it interesting this this free learner approach, but it feels also for me that every is is not for for everyone. Um, I think it's a big discussion of what is the goal about school. Yeah, the the thing is okay. Is the goal of school to teach the children the specific things they will need in modern jobs, you know, like typing, coding, spreadsheets, something like this. Or is actually this something you can easily learn when you got a very general understanding and very general learn in a very general approach where you learn more ancient things before the digitalization of everything because anyway, everyone has a computer at home. You know? It's happening anyway. Like I'm very good with computers. Uh it's, I don't know. It's just, it's I'm just efficient. I can I can tell because I I even sometimes give tips to to uh to to people that work as programmers, professionally say, I'm here, but this, if you do this, you can do a bit quicker or something like this. Yeah. And I, I know it would have been the same if I wouldn't have anything to do with computers
0: mm-hmm.
1: in school, because it's more about the foundation and then you can go into this and learn all this stuff. And anyway, any, anyway, they all have computers at home, yeah? And do something with it and blah, 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 blah. So I think sometimes the discussion is a bit wrong about what to, what our children should learn It's too much about, yeah, they need to like be ready for the jobs and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we don't know what the jobs will be in 20 years. You know, like anyway, like everything is changing, blah, 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 blah. We don't know if anyone is driving a car by themselves in 20 years. We don't know any of this. So it's not the time to say, okay, you need to learn exactly this. Foundations, mathematics is also foundational. Yeah, definitely like, don't get me wrong. It's very foundational, but what's not foundational in that sense, is uh, uh, to do everything on the computer suddenly, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. and that the, the board is digitally or something like this. Like this is I liked so much in the in my school. I realized later, wow, it's genius how it was how it was done because the crafting that we learned was uh, getting more and more. Uh, uh, technology based through time let's say like one topic that through all the years was there was the making of clothes and we started with like knitting and all this stuff you know mm-hmm. something that that you you don't need any you this very little equipment and then boo, 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 we learned to to sew with the with the hand then with a like machine you know 100 year old machine with with the, with a pedal where there's no electricity and from there went to electricity and when we did, when, when we had this, we were, of course, like a bit rebellious and said, Why are we not like directly going to the electricity when we were like 14? You know, what, why are we supposed to do this? And then later I realized, ah, actually, this step makes something. It's very, it creates an understanding that you don't get if you jump directly to the newest technology because you do things that are then done that uh, then done uh, by the electric, by the electric machine. And again, it's hard to put into words, but it, it, my understanding, it feels is so much better of this crafting topics because we did so much without electricity before we went uh, to use more modern machines. So... How do I, <laughs> how do I get now to a to a point? Um, so I think I, I don't know. It's probably not for every kid the same. So that might be. I think it's good if we have different um, possibilities for different children uh, and try to find out what is the best for 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 like what's the type, you know? What is my uh, my child? Yeah, I feel it's this and so on and so forth, and to be a little, a little a bit less anxious about what children should learn because someone that is a strong learner and um, just has this curiosity and interest that can happen for, like there's one guy in Europe or Germany is a bit more known as, it's, um, uh, it's a German that went to France um, during the second world war, I think. What was it? Oh, I, I don't know anymore but he his son he was doing homeschooling mm-hmm. I think that is by the way not possible in Germany it's the I think it's the only country in Western Europe where you cannot do any you cannot do homeschooling it's impossible mm-hmm. um I understand the reasons for it yeah that is definitely something to discuss and it's interesting because this 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 son he yeah talks about talked about his experience how it was that he was in this environment where he, the possibilities were there and then he had this natural curiosity in things and then he became interested in learning German he says and I just learned German you know every day eight hours each, every day with a lot of energy then I learned German okay then I wanted to learn play the guitar and blah blah blah, blah. and today is a I think he's a guitar maker or, or, or yeah I think mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a guitar maker um, okay he went his path you know uh, without going through the normal public school system. I'm not, I'm, I don't want to be a, uh, uh, I don't want to talk too positively about homeschooling because I think it's definitely a very two-sided sword and Mm -hmm. it's abused a lot. This, Mm -hmm. this idea of, no, I'm not taking my children to school and teaching them some very ideological things. Yeah. But it's interesting what can happen there in 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 an environment where also the parents are not like okay now we sit down and we learn this but it's more open open environment but again does it work for every ch- child mm-hmm. probably not
0: yeah and you're speaking about something that I was thinking um so I read that book educated it was a super famous bestseller book that came out. I don't know, two years ago or something. And after I read it, I was reading a book on creativity. And, you know, I don't want to condone the book or condone the the experiences that the person had in the book because there was a lot of like physical abuse involved in everything. But the gist of it was that there were six children, the two parents, they were living off the grid and all the kids were like working in the scrapyard and they never went to school. None of them. And the woman who wrote the book was one of the kids, and she went on to get a PhD, having no formal education. And like I said, there's elements of like the story that are tragic and abusive, and I don't want to get into that part of it. But I did find it very fascinating that with no formal education, working in scrapyards, you know, taking care of themselves food-wise, health-wise, and all these things that of the six children, three of them went nowhere, but then three of them went on to educate themselves to get into university and then went on to get PhDs. And I'm not saying that there's an answer, but there's something very interesting about that in terms of like, well, what are the problem solving strategies that they're learning at these more fundamental ages that they can ultimately at some point figure out what they need to figure out on their own to take the bigger steps later in life.
1: And yeah, it's very interesting example because you say, okay, three, three of them, not much happened and three of them, a lot of happen. And it. Yeah, it's exactly this. Okay, there's not one size fits all approach, but now we have sort of like a one size fits all approach. No, like everyone is going like to, let's say everyone, not everyone, but most are going to public school and then there is this curriculum and blah 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 this have you have to learn in this way and so on and so forth and for some it fits and for others it just doesn't fit and there's something i talked about with a few people like one one of my students here has a son that is 14 now um and we were talking about this phase is very difficult as uh, for boys especially and it it's in a sense it's clear like this is not the time this is not a good time to be in school when you're 14 15 and yeah? mm-hmm. for me it was the same i was feeling like wh- 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 what is like you know like you want to like you you want to run around in the forest and play soccer or whatever sports uh, in in your country is is imp- important you know and learn how to fight and and just like you're in this this primal mode where like things are happening and you, you need just, you need to sit there and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it just doesn't fit, you know, and it would be no problem to say, okay, this one year, there's no sitting in the school. There is like physical, it's just, it's very physical this year. There's lots of sports, there's making things with their hands, there's whatever, there's, you know, uh, maybe and maybe a, a traveling yeah maybe a, a trekking a, a, you know like walking uh, from berlin to paris or from uh new york to california california. california okay yeah. <laughs> That sounds very far, but
0: <laughs> it's very far. <laughs> if you come to visit, we'll do it. <laughs> it'll, it'll take us like a month. <laughs> In 13 years, I bring my son and yeah. then we do it. <laughs> but you know, you're speaking about something that makes me think of like probably some lessons we can learn from like indigenous people. Um, yes. You know, like what, like what are the, what are the teenage people doing boys and girls at, in, in, in indigenous tribes versus like what, what we're doing, you know, what are those, how do those roles different? You know, I think that there's, there's something we could probably take away from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I read, I read a book recently where the, that was um, written about like kind of the lessons we can learn from indigenous people. It's a book called Sand Talk. If you mm-hmm. get a chance, I thought it was uh-huh. excellent. Um, and this is what kind of made me start thinking about different approaches to education, because I was thinking, you know, well, we, we, we really divide people up quick and early, you know, all the six-year-olds stay together, all the seven-year-olds, all the eight-year-olds, 13, 14, 15. And then -hmm, even mm -hmm. past that university, it's like 20 somethings are kind of separated Then thirties and forties are like in the workforce and they're together. And then, past that you have retirees who are together. And then we put all like the really old people away and we hide them so that we never have to see them and be reminded that we're all getting old. And everybody is like separated. Whereas like, you know, in in these indigenous tribes, everybody's together and the information is, is being sent up and down like circular all the time, you know, because depending on what age you are, you can be a father, a brother and a son all at the same time, right? So you're have these relationships that go up and down, right? And, you know, the older people are with the younger people and that's I don't know, that's really rich information that I feel like we're we're not getting, right? Because we don't have these communities that are sharing things in in this way on a regular basis and I don't have an answer but there's something there in terms of childhood education and probably just human education that involves keeping people of different ages and different groups together to exchange information in that way as opposed to just always putting everybody into their little like age boxes or their height boxes or whatever and and yeah letting the letting it flow up and down a little bit more and i assume there's something there of having to give people more time in their days so that they can be a part of this, these communities in this way. Um, kids not being asked to sit in schools for hours and hours that it's, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer, but there's something that I find really interesting there.
1: Yeah. It's very good point. There's, yeah, there is this separation, no? Like also with, with families, because we travel so much, we go to a different city to live there, you know? And then it's like, like the moment when you get it, when you get a child, it's like, where it was so normal that a whole tribe was around and everyone was helping. Suddenly it can be, you're in a completely different city and you're alone. You know, there's no, there's no old ones. There's like people that are your age, but they also don't know, maybe because you are the, 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 the first one to get a child. And it's like, whoa, I was not prepared for this, like some ancient stuff kicks in, in your brain that makes you do things correctly. Mm -hmm. yeah but other things you are like just wow i never i don't know like i've never seen what do i do you know and this suddenly we need to all now read a lot of books about how to how to uh, like yeah how to educate children what like what to do what like how to be a good parent and so on and so forth because we are it is so disconnected we don't we just don't like we were educated ourselves as children but uh, from our parents but we ah, there's a gap there, you know, it would have been good, like, to see when we're, like, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, then, okay, there are also some small children, and we are also close, and we have this, this tribe, and we already uh, gained some experience, and, and, yeah, and so on and so forth, and then, like you say, the separation, and I tell you something, as I, every day, like, I suffer from this separation, when, when my son is brought into the kindergarten and I go to work in this room, for example, where I spend a lot of time actually to, to think and communicate with people and so on and so forth. And, and I don't suffer from it in a way that it destroys me or something like this, but there's just a, it's just sad. Also this, Mm -hmm. Yeah, like every day I feel like, ah, it's also sad like this, to, to be separated from my children for, for this time. And I believe really in what, in the work that I do. And I think it's something very good. And this m- makes me, in the sense, live well with this ambivalence, with like being pulled between my work, which I think makes sense. And, uh, and being there for my children, and in the end, it's all good. Like, now, nah, it's it's okay. Like, it's okay. But there is this... Hmm, it's difficult sometimes to do things together, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's just... There's this separation of, okay, this is where you go, uh, where you are grown up, and you do this, and children do this. And it's just a struggle sometimes to stay together as a family and and, and do uh things together that are not in that sense like okay this is for children and then the grown-ups can come with them Mm -hmm. you know that the children can also come to the grown-up things and so on and so forth and like you said that there is this natural natural learning of the children just seeing the the uh grown-ups doing the things and this is also the the problem in people being so un, so non-physical, they are on the playground and they're not moving,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? And like, yeah, because it's so obvious that they copy us, the children. So what, yeah, yeah I've whatever.
0: About, I, I've, I've thought about that when I'm at the playground, when I'm, or when i walked by, you know, we used to have a playground right outside where my school was and the kids would be playing and the parents would be sitting on the benches chatting. And I'm like, you know, it's again, it's that like, well, the kids play and then we do this other thing, and it's like, no, this is, it goes together. Like, you know, they can sit on the bench with you and you can play with them. It doesn't have to be one or the other.
1: Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's it's nice also to let the the children play them by themselves. They really need that also. That not always a grown up is there. Yeah. Um, and then on the other hand, that. Yeah like because where do where do they see grown ups that climb mm-hmm. jump balance on things normal child where does it where does it see these things mm-hmm. nowhere you know it's just not happening they go need to need to go to special places mm-hmm. for this you need to bring them to gymnastics class or blah mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. but it, w- it wouldn't need to be in this in in this way like it was like like uh, last week my son was uh, with me at the class that i was teaching and we were doing rolls mm-hmm. and he was then also doing rolling on the floor like and for me it was like again this morning, where i thought like yes he's just learning this i don't tell him to do it mm-hmm. he's just ah oh, yeah i'm also rolling and it's so beautiful you know and it's like you don't need to sit the children down and tell them listen kid now there's a lesson right do exactly as I say no they have this natural curiosity and they want to do you know like when I build something my son comes and asks ah can I do that how how can I help and blah 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 he already gets some experience you know like touching Mm -hmm. this tool and Uh, and like you say it's not just about children and grown-ups but it's also like recently I had a that was also very important for me that we we built something bigger here like a like a shed to put our uh, bikes and um, uh, the partner of my mother came and he's already 80 and for me it was so um deep to see how big how he was working because he was like conceptualizing everything and, and planning and saying what is there to do, you know. And I was I was doing everything he was saying. And I, I was just observing him the whole time and seeing he had this slowness, he had the slowness of someone old that has time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not rushed, it was like Always checking again. Okay, good. Let's check now. Let's let's put the, the water scale again. Is this correct? Okay. Yeah. What do we have to do next? Let's think again. Is this the right thing to do now? Da, 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 Yeah. Right. Like for me, I, I, I was like a bit like sometimes like, I know what to do next. Let's just do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, this slowness is so good to have, People around of all ages that are actually inspiring and in that sense skillful and really this elders, because there's so many old people that you know that cannot teach us mm-hmm. things. There are so many 80-year-old people where just think, sorry, but no, there's nothing here that I can learn. Right. Yeah. But they are there also.
0: With with the lessons that can't be taught, that can only be observed and learned right mm-hmm. it's like you know it's not the thing that you can go and take a class on it's like no you just need to like as you said just be with it we're talking about timing and contemplation and and problem solving and like that's not like well here's the textbook open the book and learn about timing preparation contemplation whatever the thing is like you're these are things you develop intuitively through observation as you're describing which I also think is kind of the magic of things like like a like you know, a a movement class or or martial arts where you have students all in one room from a range of different generations. And in those types of environments, there's an exchange of information that's not just dependent on the teacher expressing it, that there's also like handing down of information, yes. which is kind of representative of like what we're talking about. Like I think of being in jujitsu class and I'm learning from a brown belt and a purple belt who's either telling things to me verbally or expressing them physically and I'm absorbing that information it's not always the black belt instructor at the front of the room it's just like you know we're all kind of now part of a family or part of a tribe and that information's going up and down because they're also getting information from the white belts and the blue belts about like oh well either what to do with somebody who is a little childish in this way, or maybe what not to do, because that doesn't work out with those, you know, I think, um, yeah, there, those are good kind of examples of like potentially how things would work on a larger scale. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't want to eat up your entire evening here because (sighs) I've, I've, I've stolen you for two hours. Um, but I want to make sure, uh, you know, I, I let people have their route to finding you <clears throat> if they're ever in Germany. Um, I actually sent someone your way uh, who had been uh-huh. contacting us online and asked if I knew anyone uh, near Berlin. So I, I sent your info. I don't know how close you yeah. are.
1: Yeah, I got the email. Yeah, now I. Uh... Rings a bell, yeah. I got an email, yeah.
0: Uh, um, but if people are interested in practicing with you uh, or, or learning from you, what are what are some of the routes to making that happen? Because I saw that you do some intensives. You have students who are with you uh, on a on a regular basis. Um, what are what are some of the ways that people can can connect?
1: Yeah, um, I'm shifting more and more to to. Uh, to focus on working with people that want to dive deeply into it and for people that also want to teach and so on and so forth. And they usually longer programs, which are a mix of um, online and offline. So I'm working online and offline. And some people just cannot come here to Germany because they live on a different continent. It's just very far for them. And with them, I would only work online, but. With the people that are closer like in Europe um, for example they would <clears throat> often do a mix of coming here and then also having some some online thing going on and if people in, are in Berlin then they can also come to our group classes with the um, uh, with the idea there that people should come regularly. It's not really a sometimes, sometimes not thing, let's say, because I just feel that to dive deep, regularity is important. And yeah, the first, 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 uh, uh, other than that is only the the crust, you know, that you... That you take off and you don't really know what's inside.
0: Right. You're just kind of going you're just getting an experience as opposed to an understanding. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and is the best way to connect with you through your website?
1: Yeah, it's through the through the website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Which is just, just my name, josefbarts.de.
0: Okay. Well, um, I will I will also put that. Online when I publish this, um, I can't thank you enough for this conversation. I feel like uh, there's so much more to say. We'll have to do it again sometime. It doesn't have to be recorded yeah. next time. We can we can hop on a call. It was very um, enjoyable. Thank you. I really I want to send you a, a book that I think you might find interesting. So when we get off here, um, send me uh, your mailing address, mm-hmm. and I'll and I'll throw it in the mail to you.
1: Nice. Okay.
0: Awesome. Have a great night. Yeah, you too. All right. I'll talk to you later.
1: All
0: right. Bye-bye.